Thank you for being with us today. We would love to have you join us in person. To partner with us or to give online, go to www.upperroomohio.com. We hope you enjoy this message. And uh, thank you, Aaron, for letting me be here to be able to speak. This is like two years I've been here. I'm really encouraged by August. Patty and I figured it out. It's two years in August that we were, we were here. And uh, we left uh, a rather large church and came here. Uh, we've been in ministry for like, I don't know, ever. And we, we never had a break. Isn't that crazy? Never had a break. And so when I semi-retired, that's what I call it, what I did, uh, we, we decided we'd go somewhere where we could hide and just kind of heal up and just uh, get recover a little bit. And we, we've done that. It's really encouraging. The first three months, it's interesting, the first three months after working, you know, like you work 39 years doing something, the first three months, all I did was sleep. It was ridiculous. I'd get up, and, you know, go to bed and wake up, and, I'd, you know, I'd say, man, why am I, why am I tired? It's because I didn't have a break for 30-something years, so that's why. So anyway, today we're going to be talking about just a flyover view of uh, some principles uh, that uh, have been established here for a long time. It's really like foundational principles, like we're a family. The church, the upper room, is known to be a family. So that's kind of like the key cornerstone, is family. And that's part of the end. That's part of us building together. It's also part about building our, our own personal lives on a foundation. And there's really no other foundation but Jesus. And it's interesting, this week when I, I come in here every once in a while and I'll, I'll sing and have an audience of one, but there was a song I kept singing this, this, this week. There's two that I kept singing this week. And one of them was, Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. And to, to be uh, real with you guys, that is our foundation. The foundation is our relationship with Jesus. And not just church, but really just relationship and pushing in. And I, lo I love the terms reach in, reaching in and reaching out for Jesus to be who he is in our life, in our lives. And uh, so I've been doing this a long time. I, I met the Lord when I was uh, in my 20s. And I'm now 66, so I've been doing this for a really long, long time. And every time I get off track, I, I realize when I get off track, what I need to do is just keep coming back to Jesus. Keep coming back to Jesus. Keep coming back to Jesus. It's interesting that Paul said this. He was concerned about the Corinthian church. He was really concerned about them. And they were spiritually gifted. They had all these things going on. I mean, it was just amazing stuff that was happening. And he wrote this amazing letter to them saying, man, you guys really have spiritual, spiritual gifting really going. It is happening. But he says, I'm, I'm concerned. He says, I'm concerned that you, will be, that you may be removed from the purity and simplicity of devotion to Jesus. Isn't that interesting? The church has really got it all happening, signs and wonders, everything's going on. And yet Paul slips in this little seed that says, I'm really concerned for you. I'm, I'm concerned that you may drift away from the purity and simplicity of devotion to Jesus. And that's what it's all about. I think that's what church is all about. That's what I signed up for. I signed up to know Jesus. I signed up to love him and to care for him, to allow his life somehow penetrate my life, which he, which he has done uh, really, really, uh, really, really well. So we're going to be looking at reach up, reach in, and reach out. And uh, last night, we did some stuff that was really cool. We went to Serve Fest, or Joy Fest, last night. It was an amazing time to see the city of Springfield being reached from 2 o'clock in the afternoon all the way to 8 o'clock at night. That's a lot of reaching out, isn't it? A lot of reaching out. And uh, one, of my, uh, one of my jobs was to really help do some of the, uh, 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 the altar worker stuff and I had the privilege of really handing out the cards and I like handing out the cards decision cards because when I get them back I look at them and last night literally I smelled them I went oh this is a fragrant smell and not only did they meet Jesus but now they're signed up for discipleship that's even more exciting because we're just not letting them hang and then to watch like 17 people be baptized it was just amazing so here's a few pictures from last night uh, that we just want to flash up there and uh, be the next uh, about three. There you go. That's my wife, by the way. I couldn't. I, I had to. I'm sorry. <laughs> She's the one in the green. And the lady in the back, if we could back up just one, the lady in the back uh, with the tattoos and everything, her, 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 I won't tell you her name, but she was so moved last night by the, how the Holy Spirit touched her life. 
that she went to the safe harbor tent, which is a refuge for women who are in trouble. She went to safe Har harbor tent, and my friend Amy, who's the director of safe harbor, was able to pray for her and encourage her. And then guess what happened? She got baptized. She got baptized. Come on, you guys. She got baptized. I mean, that's serious stuff. So anyway, she got baptized. Really cool. Next, next few slides to show you what happened. There's Micah. Uh, he preached his message on his knees most of the night. I thought it was really cool. Had great music. There's a couple more slides. There's about five of them. Can just keep going. And these are the guys who basically did some training. There's Wilson who did the training for Flood, Flood uh, Springfield. We went out into community. We prayed for people. We had a great time. One kid, one family we went to was like they had been visited a couple times. And we asked them if they had any pain in their body. And the young man says, well, I did a week ago. Uh, some people came by, my finger wasn't working, it was really painful, and they prayed for my finger, and my finger went numb, and two days later, I had no pain. He wiggled his, wiggled his hand around, and uh, Patty and I were able to pray for his mom that was there, and she was just in tears. The peace of God came upon her, and she was just in tears at her house, and so they consistently go back to invade uh, the community. And here's some shots, we got Matt up on the keyboards there, he was rocking last night, he was doing really well. And then there's Dustin, he was painting, not Micah's dad of Micah. And this young guy, man, this young guy was a modern-day hippie. I'm telling you, he was a modern-day modern day wanderer, hippie. And he was searching, searching for the light. And guess what he found last night? He found Jesus being the light, and he got baptized. Come on. Come on. So that was really, really great. And then Dustin, that's part of the crowd. That's part of the whole thing that uh, they did. And then there's Micah preaching, and this lady here, uh, she was an amazing prayer person, and she just prayed. I mean, this was amazing. Okay, another slide. Get going. And then they had this guy, and I kind of missed this, but this guy was a hip-hop guy. And so he was there doing some hip-hop stuff, rocking and rolling, and he was having a great time, and it was really connecting to the community because guess what? Springfield isn't all white. <laughs> okay? There are some black brothers there. <laughs> and so... Micah intentionally had, had African-American guys on the stage singing and leading because it, it blended into to, to the movement. And I think there might be one more, maybe, there it is. Hath, that sums it up totally. This sums it up totally. Look at this guy. He met Jesus last night. He got baptized last night. And my friend Kenny was able to, to really, 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 really encourage him. Okay, stand up and pull out your poppers. Okay? This is really important. Now, this is so serious. I want you to grab your strings, okay? Grab the string on the popper. And I just want, I think we need to shout, and I think we need to pop for Jesus saving people. Last night, all the angels rejoiced. I think maybe we should make some noise, okay? Over 35 people met Jesus last night, and countless others will be meeting him this week. So let's all give a shout on three, and let's pop the popper. One, two, three. Woo! Come on, Jesus. Woo! Come on. Wow. That was good. <laughs> that was really good. Up there on a late one. It's awesome. That's awesome. And I'll clean up the mess. Don't worry about it. I'll vacuum it up later. I'll vacuum it up later. I'll vacuum it up later. So anyway, I think it's worth doing it. Mike is not here, obviously, because he's, like, exhausted. And so uh, I would encourage you guys, you know, after these events, just, just begin to remember to pray for Micah. Remember to pray for all the people that met Jesus. Remember to pray for the lady that's maybe going to Safe Harbor House. We're talking about real people who are meeting Jesus. It's so good, so good. Father, we thank you. We thank you that you've given us the privilege, Father, of reaching out. That, God, you didn't call angels. You didn't call angels. You called the church. You called us to reach out. You called us, oh God, to be your disciples, to be your witnesses to all the places in the world. And so, Father, we thank you for Mike and Meredith. We thank you for Upper Room supporting uh, what was going on in Springfield beyond Tip City, Lord, to move into the kingdom. And so, Father, we're grateful for it, and we thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, it ties in really well with the, uh, one of the mission statements here <coughs> at uh, Upper Room. The mission is to reveal the goodness of God to everyone, everywhere. And it starts in your family, and then it flows out into the church. 
and then it flows out into the world or should do. So we're going to be looking at, at uh, a couple of other uh, principles today. So we're going to look just uh, right now. What we just did was worship to reach up. Okay. I don't know if any, any of these three have more importance, but I think that the middle one, the reach in, sorry, the reach up is more important than the other, other three, other two. Well, I'm really doing good today. Other two. <laughs> because reaching, reaching up really is where our life source comes from to enable us to be able to reach in and to reach out. So worship is very, very, very important and it's dear to my heart. A lot of people don't know this, but when I lived in Scotland, I was a, a worship leader in a church just about, about, like, about this size, about the same size as this. And just like this church, we had like four bands that would get together and each band would take a, a place in, 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 uh, in leading worship. And I happened to be on, on, in a worship team on my team and we used to do worship together and all that stuff. And I was one of the worst guitar players on the planet. I think I knew like three chords. But what I could do, I could sing. I could sing and, and begin to help the other, other members to just press into the presence of God. And we had one lady that she was so talented. She was a type A personality. And she would just really go and go and go. And she would lean into worship. And she would just do all these things. She wrote a manual that was called Tune In to Worship for all the worship band. So all the band members could be on the same page. She did all this kind of stuff, and she would, she would go, and she would go, and she would go, and she would go, she would go, she would go, and she would go, and guess what would happen after she got, went and went and went and went, and it was her pattern, she would fall apart. And the reason why she would fall apart is because she, under, she, understood, she understood the up, she understood that, she got that, but what she didn't understand was another component was as we're reaching up, we're also reaching for our own personal lives as well. Because if you go and you go and you go and you worship and worship and worship, you're not all spirit. You have a body and you have a soul. And you have, your soul is your mind, will, and your emotions. Uh, when I was in Bible college, I worked on the Bible, Bible college. And I was way out of balance in my life. I'm jumping ahead to reaching in. But I was way out of balance in my life. And basically what happened was I'd wake up like at uh, 6.30 in the morning. I was a very new believer, so I'd spend time with Jesus and read the Bible and do all the stuff I was encouraged to do. And then I would go to work on a Bible college campus, okay? And then at noon, I would go into the house of prayer, and I would pray at the house of prayer. And then what I would do is try to maintain my mind and pray through, through the day and my heart through the day. And then what, what I do is go home and change and come back for three hours of Bible class four nights a week. And so that was my pattern in my life for like uh, six to eight months, Okay. And so I would do, oh, by the way, where I was living was a ministry house, okay, on top of it all, it was a ministry house where we would take care of sailors uh, who were in Pensacola, and they would come in and we would minister to them. So here's my lifestyle, wake up, pray, get ready for going to, to work on a Bible college campus, okay, noon, go pray in the house of prayer, afternoon, come home real quick, okay, come home get, real quick, get changed, go to three hours of Bible class come back, and there might be some people there that we had to minister to. Okay, that was every day for six months. Guess what happened to this guy after six months of this? I began to realize that my mind wasn't doing things very, very well, and my body wasn't doing things very well. And a matter of fact, I was very emotional, and I couldn't bring my emotions under control, and I was basically what they call having a mini breakdown. Okay, does that make sense? And so I went to the very wise guy, the wise man who married Patty and I, he was a Catholic priest, the expert Catholic priest, <clears throat> and I sat down with him and said, hey Sandy, I'm really concerned about my life, I've got some stuff going on in my life, and it doesn't seem like I control my thinking, I'm very nervous, and I'm, I, frankly, I just feel like I'm wore out, and you know what he said, tell me, your, tell me your, what you're doing through your day, you know what I, I said, okay, I'll tell you what I'm doing through the day, so I told him the whole scenario, and he looked at me, he just shook his head, he said, no wonder, no wonder, man. You're not all spirit, your body and your soul. And what you're doing, you're wearing out your body. You're wearing out your soul. And you, even though your spirit is reaching out, you need to bring balance into your life. Yeah. And so he told me, he said, he said this very simply. He said this to me, and it really changed my life. He said, when you worship, worship with all your heart. He says, when you're in a place of worship and when you're pursuing Jesus in your personal times, do it with all your heart. Then he said, when you go to work, hey, guess what? Work with all your heart. 
Do your work the best you can do. Do your work, you know. Be a believer, yes, be a believer, but don't get all tied up in knots about being a witness. Just be who you are. And so I, I did that. I said, okay, I'll do, I can do that. And then he says, he said to me, what do you do for relaxation and for your body? And I looked at him and I went, uh, nothing. He said, what do you mean nothing? I said, I, I, don't, I don't do anything. I mean, you don't go to the beach and hang out. I say, yeah, occasionally I do that. Do you do any exercise? No, I don't do any exercise. He says, you need to take care of your body. So what you need to do is when you play, play with all of your heart. I'm I feel like I'm speaking to some people here right now, just to be honest. And so what I did, I began to adjust my life. And so when I would get up, I would pray with all my heart. When I go to work, I'd work with all my heart. And then actually at noon, guess what I did? I ate lunch. I didn't skip it. I went and ate lunch. And then I'd come home after work and, and uh, I'd rest. I'd try to get home early and I'd take, just kind of chill a bit and I would study. And then I started running. I started running. So I bought a pair of running shoes and I started running. And every, every day I would go out for runs in Florida heat. Okay, you got it? But I'd go for running. I even ran in a, in a 10K race. And I did pretty good. My time was pretty good. And so what happened was, was I began to pursue Jesus uh, focusing on, on, on the up and focusing on the end, guess what was, was happening on my out when I would reach out to the people in my community? I would have more effect, effective power reaching out to them because my body and my mind and my soul were in alignment upon the foundation of who Jesus was. Does that make sense? And so I, I realized that. Uh, something else uh, happened uh, a couple of years after I was there few years after I was there, I ended up going to Scotland as a missionary single guy. And then I tried to maintain the whole principles, the like principles of my life, maintain those. And then guess what happened? I got married. That was even, that was like, wow, I married this beautiful woman with curly hair. You know, she's, she's a hippie, you know, she was a feminist, you know, she was a radical, you know, one of her, one of her boyfriends pulled out his 357 Magnum and shot an engine. So how cool is that? She knew somebody like that. <laughs> I mean, guys get that, but, you know, women get So then I married her, and, and then guess what? When I got married, I had, I had to realize that now there's a whole new deal here that I had to balance family. I had to balance all that I did, and there's another component, and I had to balance family in my life, and I had to lean into Jesus. I had to, had to lean, lean in uh, to, to my personal end. And then my job, my role in, in Scotland, I was the outreach guy for several, two churches for, for 18 years. And so I had to balance, balance that whole thing with Patty as well. And then uh, later on, actually within the first, first year, uh, so I was 29, she was 24, we had Matthew. Okay, we had Matthew. And then two years later, we had Andrew. And then eight years later, oops, eight years later, <laughs> We had Nathan. And every time we had children, you know, guess what we had to do? We had to come back again to lay, not lay new foundations, but we had to do is come back and really begin to balance our lives again up, in, and out. And family became part of the end. Does that make sense? Family make, became part of the end. And so, you know, it's so important that we balance our lives with, 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 uh, uh, with the up, in, and out. Uh, God has made us unique. He, he, he really likes threes. Have you noticed that God likes threes? You know, he likes water, vapor, and ice. He likes stuff like that. He, li he, like, he's like, he likes eggs that have like a shell and a white and a yolk. And then he, he, he loves us because we're created as spirit, soul. That's our mind, will, our emotions, and our bodies. And uh, uh, police, uh, the prophet uh, Sting in, in the... Uh, Police, he had a song called We Are Spirits in the Material World. I said, Well, he got it. Because we are spirit. We live in a body, but we have a soul. That's our mind, will, and emotions. And what God wants us to do is, is having a, a, a mind, will, and emotions and spirit. What he wants us to do is to take care of all three so that we can live a balanced life and and, and uh, a, a balanced life, to be able to maintain what God is doing in our hearts and also to be able to do the outflow to our families reaching in and reaching out to our community. Make sense? 
It, it, really, it really does make sense. Now, let me just say this. Uh, Jesus was the master of, of what he did. He was the master. But, you know, Jesus, he had seasons where he was really, 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 really busy. I mean, he, major revivals were breaking out. And then they would begin to go across, across, across the lake. And guess what Jesus did when, when he went across the lake? He's heading over to, to an area. Guess what Jesus did? He took a nap in the boat. Why was he taking a nap in the boat? Let me tell you, his body was probably wore out. They just had an all, a major revival. He prayed for people consistently and constantly. And now he's going across the, the, the sea and he's asleep in the boat. Guess why he's in, in the boat asleep? He's probably just wore out. There were other times when Jesus was so busy. I remember the one time that he was so busy that his, his family came. His family came to him and they said, Jesus, we're concerned about you. Remember the passage? We're concerned about you. Everything's going on. We, we want you to come. Come, come away. He says, uh, and the people at the door said, who are, who are my, my uh, they said, the, my father, your, fa your father, your family, okay? Your family's there. And Jesus said, well, the people who are my family are those who follow me. I'm about my father's business. So he had seasons where he was really, really busy. But guess what he did? There'd be really, really busy seasons where he was in full-blown revival. And you know what he would do? As was his custom, he would go to the mountain and spend time with his father. That was his custom. He understood. I think he understood something about this body that he was li living as fully man and fully God. You know, Jesus got tired. That's how come he met the woman at the well. He says he was tired. He, he went to a place where he could get a drink of water to refresh himself, his body. And guess what? There's a woman there, and he, he speaks to her about, about worship. Speaks to her, to her about worship and, and how worship is not about where you worship on this mountain or that mountain, but it's about worshiping the Father with something called the heart. The heart is what the Father's looking for. He searches for those who worship Him in spirit and in truth. And so that is, the, that is one of the key, key things that Jesus did. He had several customs, but that was His main custom that He would often, it says, slip away to be with His Father. Because uh, Jesus uh, is really, as, as many people say, is perfect, perfect theology. So I hope that it speaks to you. Uh, the, there's a verse that I want to read to you uh, out of um, John 4, just real quickly. It says, The time has come when you won't worship the Father on a mountain nor in Jerusalem, but in your heart. From here on, worshiping the Father will not be a matter of the right place, but with the right heart. For God is spirit, and he longs to have sincere worshipers who worship and adore him in the realm of the spirit and truth. And that's why worship is so important. Why is worship so important? We are the upper room worship what? Center. Why is worship the focus of upper room worship center? You know why? Because the Father seeks worshipers. Do you want to be sought out by the Father? Become a worshiper. Begin to sing songs and play music if you don't play or, or worship can take so many diff different forms of singing and speaking and art and painting and even going for walks or even sitting still worship can take so many forms and, and fashions and I would just encourage you to lean into worship as you're reaching up. Okay, the last one is reaching in and we're going to spend just a little bit on reaching in and uh, again I, want, I just want to encourage you about your own personal reach in. All outflow, okay, all outflow with no inflow results in downfall, okay? All, all outflow for giving, 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 giving to our families, our church, and our community, and we have no inflow, guess what can happen? We can come into a downfall. So the Lord just really wants us to be, be wise in that. There's a, a scripture here in uh, 3 John uh, 2, the Brian Bible study. I love this. It says, Beloved, I pray that in every way you may prosper and enjoy good health, even as your soul prospers. You see, our souls are mind, will, and emotions, and God wants us to prosper in every way. And a lot, lot of the way that we can prosper spiritually and physically is making choices with our mind 
that will affect our soul, that will affect our spirit and our bodies. And let me, let me just encourage you that all of this is interconnected. Have you figured it out? That you are a spirit living in a body and you have a soul. We're all interconnected. Uh, four weeks ago, I decided that I was going to be a, a servant because that's part of my, my language. And I was going to go clean this church's uh, yard, cut the hedges and everything. So I went in and I cleaned everything up. And then I saw some things that looked like maple trees growing in this little enclave. So I went in and I just chopped all the stuff down with a kind of a weed whacker thing, got it all done, or other stuff that was growing up a wall, pulled all that stuff down, got it all, all done, and I was exhausted. And usually what I do after I do yard work, I go home immediately, take a shower with, with uh, Dawn liquid. So I put it on my body three times to get anything that I've caught on my body. But this time I was so tired, I was tired from my journey, I was so tired that what I did, I went home and sat outside for an hour. And then I went in and cleaned up. Four days later, <laughs> I have poison ivy all over my body. I'm talking all over. I mean, it's like from here down, both legs, I have poison ivy. I have poison ivy on both arms. Um, then suddenly, I'm starting to find poison ivy popping up everywhere. It started popping up on my chest and everything. So I used cream and everything you could do. You know, nothing was working. I went to the doctor. I said, he looked at me, you been in poison ivy? I said, yeah, I've been in poison ivy. He said, well... Dude, you're going to have to get on prednisone. I said, no, not prednisone. I hate prednisone. Prednisone weirds me out, makes me nervous. I don't want to get on prednisone. He says, okay, let's try the shot. Okay, I said, go ahead, man. <laughs> Boom, I got, I got the shot, you know. I thought, okay, the shot's going to work. I went and bought all this stuff. Some stuff's real expensive, $44 for a little tube of stuff. I'm rubbing it all over my body trying to get rid of it. And guess what? It got worse. It got worse. I thought, oh, man, uh, i got to go to the doctor, and i got to get on prednisone. I hate prednisone. So anyway, I went to the doctor, and this is my body. And guess what was happening because, because of the poison ivy on my body? Guess what was going on in my mind that was connected? I had some fear going on. I said, man, people can die from this. And then, then I did a real smart thing. I went to the Internet and typed in poison ivy. Oh, my gosh. A stem of poison ivy has a thousand times more poison in it than leaves. Oh, that's what I was pulling on. I had big red splotches on my legs. My knees were covered purple with poison, poison ivy and poison oak. I was going, oh my gosh, I could die. I'm serious. So I'm laying in bed, you know, and I'm thinking, and my doctor gave me some misinformation. He says, man, if, one, if you open up a poison ivy thing, it's on your skin, it can be transferred to another part of your body. So I'm sleeping, trying to, you know, how do you sleep? I couldn't figure out how not to touch the rest of my body, you know. I put, I mean, serious, I put stuff all over my legs and put, put long, long pajamas on. <laughs> and then I realized I never do this. I sleep with my head, hand on my, on my, on my head like this. And poison ivy's right here. I went, oh, my gosh, I can get it on my face. And so I put my hand, hand under the pillow every night. And I said, Patty, did you know I sleep with my hand on your face? Yeah, you always have. I always slept outside. I didn't know that. Until... So anyway, here's what was going on. Guess what was happening? What was going on in my body? Guess what was, what was affecting? My brain. And guess what my brain was affecting? My guts. And so I became paranoid. You know, kind of a little bit. And so I, 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 after a week, I said, okay, I got to go back to the doctor. So I went to, back to the doctor. This is a ridiculous story, but let's make it a point. I go back to the doctor, and he says, yep, uh, the, the shot, no, I went, no, what I did, <coughs> excuse me, I went to a dermatologist because I didn't like his opinion. So I went to her, and, and I, I went in and I said, uh, here's what I've been using, and this is what I've got. And she goes, the stuff you're using is no good. It should be 20 times stronger than what you're using. And, you know, the, the shot that you got, that ain't going to work because it's got to be in your body for, for at least 13 days for it to get out because you have systemic poison ivy running through your body. That's why it's breaking out of here. So I was like, oh, my gosh, I really could die. I need to. So anyway, so anyway, I went back to my doc. I called my doctor. I said, hey, Dr. Nicholas, I said, uh, I got to do the prednisone thing. So he says, okay, I'll write a script. And so I began taking prednisone, five tablets at once of prednisone. 
up for five days, four days. Four tablets for four days. And by four tablets for four days, inside, you know, I'm wired pretty tight. Inside, it felt like I was amped up to just up to 110. You know, my blood pressure went up. I could feel my veins in my, in my neck. And it was crazy. It was just absolutely crazy. It, it freaked, freaked me out. I got to get out of here. But I ain't going to let the curtain in. But I'm telling you the story. The reason why I'm telling you, telling you that sto story is because bodily, anything that's stressful can affect you mentally, emotionally. Anything that's stressful has stress on your body. I want to give you the top five things of stress. And at the end, we're, I'm going to pray for, for you that God would, like Nicole hit it bang on, that God's peace would come over your life. Top five areas of stress. Death of a friendly or family member. Marriage issues and family issues. Anybody ever had those? Moving. Can you believe that? Moving is in the top five. Illness and job situations are new job and new job stresses. And so these are all things that can bring stress into to our lives. It can bring uh, stuff into our lives. And, and that's why when we're facing these things, if you're wise, if you're thinking, I'm changing jobs or I'm moving I need to watch and guard my heart all the more. And what happened with me in the prednisone thing, I knew as soon as I took, started taking prednisone that things were going to happen. So you know what, who I turned to? My wife. She's my family. I turned to my family, my family member. I told Aaron about my family members. Secondly, I said, if I'm going to go through this, and I know how weird I get. I'm already weird, so this is going to weird me out even more weirder. I decided, okay, what can I do to help what's going on in my body and my emotions? So I chose to reach up. So I kicked up my worship. I kicked up my time in God's word to, to bring balance to what was going on in my life. So I would have hope and not think I was going to die. That the God has plans for me and to give me a future and a hope. And so I would come in here and, and grab my guitar and, and just worship for two hours. Just worship. Just me and Jesus. And guess what happened? Even though I was still, still weirded out, I found myself still walking in some, some area of balance because I didn't just focus uh, on who I was, but I fo focused up and I focused out. Hope that make, is helpful for you guys. Is that helpful today? Awesome. Let's give it, give it up for Kurt and uh, his, his good lady. Heather, come on up, you guys. And they're going to take um, about 10 minutes just to talk to us about this really important deal of family and reaching in. And I've come to really get to know this guy really well over the last couple of years and uh, get to know, know them. And their house sold. Can we rejoice? Yes. And now, they're getting, they're, now they're in the moving process. So come on, guys. Come on up here and share. Steve, thanks for... Uh... I don't know, it's going to be hard to add anything to that. Um, Heather and I have a little bit of experience with, with the in with leading life groups, and so that's what we're going to talk with you guys about. Um, we're going to make this a little bit interactive. Um, first, we want to start off with uh, just our, our current life group leaders. So if you have led a life group at all, uh, if you're doing that right now, please just stand up. Yeah. Let's give them a round of applause. All right, you guys can sit down. So those folks, uh, they are definitely one of the uh, biggest arteries in our church uh, that we know of, and we're really, we're really excited to be a part of that with them. Um, but they lead people, um, and, and that's something that, uh, I don't know, Steve said that we all have our, our own stressors. Um, leading people, can, it can make you stressed out too, but um, it is, it's something that's really amazing uh, that they're all doing in a unique and individual way. And it's something that makes our church really, really strong. Um, so we want to talk about them just a little bit here. Um, and so Matt and Amy, they lead uh, an intercessory prayer group. And they really, their group unlocks things for our church that we, most of us don't even have an idea of what's going on, right? They're, they're in the background. They kind of play the background music. And uh, they do things that, that really uh, pave the way for our church unlock things that are that are coming in the future and uh it's pretty amazing um Aaron and Nicole's group they are they have the biggest family group like in our church 
I think they, I don't know, do the kids outnumber you guys at all? Yeah, some days. So it's kind of crazy, but, but families, Heather and I, we lead a, a family life group as well. And um, it's amazing to see how those life groups work together for families total, um, not just, you know, the adults. Um, and so it's really cool to see, see that part of our church. Uh, Steve Justice, he leads Oasis, which is basically just an amazing Bible study. They get really deep in the word um, and unpack things that, I don't know, Steve always seems to blow my mind with something. And it's most of the time, multiple things. Um, but he's a really, really a strong dude in that. Um, and Heather's going to share about a couple as well. Yeah, Christine Baskerville has led a group of ladies, and she targets ladies of all ages. Some groups target specific ages or specific areas in life, and she is just going after women, and that is really, really incredible. Um, Shelly Evans is going after young ladies, and she is an amazing, amazing lady that just really embodies joy in a motherly spirit, and she is just incredible. Um, Ashley Denton, she hosts a mom's group during the day. Um, so usually for moms who are staying at home or have a little bit of a different schedule. And it's such an amazing thing because a lot of times with stay-at-home moms, they get lost in, you know, taking care of kids and taking care of those things. And working moms, you know, they have their own struggles as well. But it's really nice that moms can get together and all their kids can get together and play um, and do that. So that's really amazing that she has that ministry. Leah Mirando, this one's really, really near and dear to my heart because when I first came to this church, she was the one that really, really just took me under her wing. Her group has evolved over the years from really just going after single moms, and then um, their group right now has a really, really strong, incredible relationship, too. So we have, we have a couple more. Uh, Rob Mirando, he leads a mostly men's group. Uh, it's really creative. They start basically, it revolves around sports, whether it's softball, basketball, different things, but um, those guys get connected there and play sports, play play hard. They have fun, but Rob always seems to tie it back into the Lord. So he brings in uh, different devotion type things or other things. Um, so it's, it's pretty cool. Um, Pastor Greg, he has probably been leading a life group the longest, and uh, he has a group of guys that meets during the day, and I would say that's probably uh, not that I know how to, you know, quantify wisdom, but they're probably one of the wisest groups that we have, right? Those guys are um, a little bit older, but they, they are really, really, really amazing, um, and, and they're awesome and amazing, uh, an amazing source for, for mentorship and that type of stuff. Uh, Nate and Samuel are getting ready to start a group, Nate Rapp. Uh, yeah. Pumped. They are, they're going to start a men's group that is going to meet in the mornings, so around 6 a.m. Um, we'll give you guys some more information about when they start kicking it off, but those guys are a powerhouse, so I'm excited about that. So we're, we're going to talk to you guys a little bit about the vision that God's been giving us lately for the life group part of N. So Steve was talking about N, and it's kind of how we come together as a family um, and, and as, as a church family and, and become strong. So um, really, God's telling us that our life groups are going to just start growing a ton. Um, God's been talking to Heather and I about that, and we're really pumped. Uh, we don't know exactly what that looks like, but we know that each of you are going to play a part in that. Um, we, have, we have other ministries in our church, too, um, which is pretty amazing. But for, for life groups, there are basically two ways to, to be a part of it. You lead one or you join one, right? And so um, I would just ask you guys to seek your hearts and find out uh, what God's talking to you about. Uh, and there are, we kind of talked about those so that you guys would know uh, which, which groups are out there as well. Um, but search your heart. See if God's asking you uh, to join one of those. Um, I know we, we have a family. We know life is busy. Um, and, but we also know the value of life groups. And we're going to talk about that here in a little bit. But God's been giving us kind of a, uh, I would say kind of like a parable-ish uh, type thing to understand what it means. So I'm going to ask you guys all to close your eyes. Um, and I'm going to kind of paint a picture for you. So we're going to talk about grafting in. So just imagine you're, you're walking along, uh, you've been, you're an arborist, okay? You're walking along, it's a, a dewy spring morning, and uh, you're, you're trying to find a tree to plant and transplant uh, your new bud, okay? So grafting in is you're finding a tree, and you have a bud that you're getting ready to plant. You, you search through uh, this, this uh, orchard, um, you're looking around, you're walking, and uh, you find the perfect one. You've seen a lot, but this one just stands out to you. So you take 
your bud, you open the tree. You literally cut the tree open and you prepare a spot to plant your bud. You place it, you prepare it, and then you tie it in. And then you check on it every day for the next three months. You see how it's growing, if it's taking to the tree, and eventually you unwrap it. It starts to hold to the tree itself, right? It's stronger. This bud starts to grow leaves. Those leaves start to support the tree through photosynthesis, right? It's gaining energy from the sun. The tree is supporting the branch that was grafted in. By gathering nutrients from its roots, they start to become one. They support each other. They literally do life together. One can't live without the other. They can't live apart. All right, I'm going to read a scripture, and then we're going to open our eyes. John 15, 5 says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me, and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can't do anything. All right. So uh, just that vision that God was, was given us is really talking about how we do life together as a church. Um, there are multiple different ways. Life groups that uh, Heather and I, you know, we lead that uh, ministry. It's, it's one way to do that. There are a lot of other ones. I mean, we've got, I'm going to read off some here. Um, and if, you're, if your ears tickle, maybe you should uh, talk to the people that lead that one. Uh, there's intercessory prayer. There's the creative arts. Uh, there's Ignite Dance. We have the Sozo team. Uh, we have the marriage ministry. We have the outreach missions area of our church. We've got life groups. Uh, we have URSSM. Um, we have the parenting class. Um, we've got Kingdom Kids, we have the worship team, and we have Club 180, uh, our, our, our youth group. So there are tons of ways that you can graft in uh, to our church. Heather and I are really just are talking about the life groups right now. But I, we really want to challenge you guys to, to take some time, private time with the Lord, and, and seek out where he would call you to plant yourself. Um, Heather's going to read a couple scriptures here, and uh, yeah. All right, I'm going to go through these a little bit quickly, um, just because of time. But I also want to say, too, going back to when we were introducing the life groups that we have, um, if, you, if you're interested in joining a life group, you can come to us, and we're going to try to place you in the best group for you. If you happen to see somebody and you go after them directly to join a life group, um, please don't be offended. There are a few life groups that are at absolute full capacity right now. Um, so that's why if you go through us first, we can try to place you in the best place for you. Um, but we're going to go back to 1 Corinthians 12, 12 through 31. I'm not going to read all of it, just a small part. Now you are Christ's body and individually members of it. For even as the body is one and yet has many members, and all the members of the body, though there are many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and we are all made to drink of one spirit. And also Romans 12, 4 through 5. For just as we have many members in one body, and all the members do not have the same function, so we, who are many, are one body in Christ, and individually members of one another. Amen. Um, we really want to encourage you guys to be creative. Be you. Um, we're not all the same. We have tons of areas in our church that, that you can graft into, that you can serve, that you can plant yourself and grow. Um, but that's what's really most important. So we're going to share in, in brief here some of the stuff that our life group's done um, over the past year. We started off um, with what we call dream sessions. And so we literally took our entire life group and devoted one night to each person. And we talked about like what their dreams are. Um, and so we, we, they unpacked those for us. It was something that was really vulnerable, but we got to be really close-knit. Um, and then we... As, as an entire group, we were literally like taking notes and strategizing ways that we could bolster them and go after their dreams with them. Like ways that we could, you know, we knew of resources that, you know, we had, but it wasn't really much to us, but it was exactly what they needed. We did that for three months, three months. Everybody got a turn, right? And it was amazing. Um, and it was so amazing that basically within like 
almost two weeks from everybody actually taking their session, those, the dream that they brought forward in that session like, came to real, reality. It was amazing. Like God unlocked things that just because we were leaning in together, um, it just happened quick. Like some people were like, man, I hope in 20 years I can. And it was like two weeks, right? It was like, it was, we, we were blown away. We were absolutely blown away. But then we were also like brought together, right? God did something uh, when those pieces came together as one. He did something so much greater than what those pieces could do on their own, right? Um, so um, that, that was something that was really amazing. After that, we, uh, we saw that our, our group is mainly like younger families. Um, and so a lot of us are closer to the beginning uh, of our marriages. Um, and we, we realized that a lot, of our, uh, a lot of our members, like we were just wanting to learn more about marriage. Like it was something that we kept hitting our toe on, you know, as a rock on the ground. And we were like, we need to get stronger in that. So we, we invested into uh, an 11-week marriage course. And um, the dividends that has paid for both us and for, for our, our group um, it's amazing. Like there have been so many, so many challenges between both the dream sessions and, and the, the marriage, uh, course that we did together. Like we have all grown substantially in a way that those stressors that Steve was talking about, we have all experienced way more than one this year and we've all come out stronger. We've all come out closer. Um, and so, um, some other things we do, we do like just some fun stuff. Like we always, every year do the operation Christmas child boxes. We always pack them together as a group. Um, once a, every other month, we switch off doing like a women's night, a men's night, and a family night. So uh, like every every three months, we all get to you know spend some time investing into that. Um, so I, I, I'm kind of bringing out these things to just tell you that life groups and the way you do life together, um, it'll change uh, over the course of you know a year or months, whatever. Um, but life groups are dynamic. The goal of life groups really is to do life together, and so that means that like what we do together changes all the time, um, and it's it's the fact that like we're all for each other. Um, Steve was talking about moving. Literally, uh, within about six weeks, everyone who's in our group will be moving to a new house. Wow. Yeah, it's crazy. So I think our group's probably going to be look like you know it's probably going to look like two men in a truck here for the next <laughs> few weeks, uh, months. Um, so we're we're going to be doing that together, uh, doing life together. PA and Nicole's uh, group, I mean, they're, they're invested in right now doing a lot of like remodeling on their, on their home. And so their group has come over and done painting night, right? Like they've, they're, they're, they're there to help out. And so um, it's, it's something that I just kind of want to share with you guys um, just to give you a perspective about what that actually looks like if you're not in one already. Um, so we're going to I just want you guys to meditate on some things here. Um, ha, just honestly evaluate, you know, yourself. Talk with God. Spend some time asking yourself if you feel like you've actually grafted in, right? Uh, Aaron talks about putting your picture up on, on the wall out there. Like, that is, you know, that, that's the first step. After that, like, where, where are you going to actually transplant yourself and, like, grow fruit? Uh, so if you feel like you've done that, that's awesome. Keep it up. That is exactly what God's looking for. Um, he wants to bless you in that area and give you some luscious fruit. Um, if not, I would, I would just challenge you to, to, to talk with God and just see if there's a place you feel comfortable trying out. Um, there are tons of ministries in our church. We think life groups is the best one, but we need them all, right? And they're all great, so we're a little bit biased. Um, but if God's calling you to be part of a group, talk to us. Um, if you feel like God's calling you to lead a group, talk to us as well. Um, so that's, that's all we've got. Uh, I'm going to let Steve kind of put a bow on it. But um, we, we thank you guys, and thanks for letting us share a little bit with you guys about life groups. Give it up. Woo! Come on. Yeah, it's so important, you know, as in a family, you know, when we uh, talk about church, a lot of people think about many different things. But one thing about Upper Room, it is family. And uh, the whole thing about, about reaching is so important. Can we all just stand? Can we just stand for a minute? About reaching is an action word. It's something you have to do. And so what I'd like you, like you to do with me, we're going to do some reaching. So, okay? Let's everybody just reach up. Okay. Yeah, just reach up. Say, Jesus. You all can pray your own prayer, but just tell Jesus just thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for loving us. Thank you that we reach up to you today. We say thank you 
But you chose us. Your word says it's an amazing deal. You chose us from the foundations of the earth. It's crazy. But we're grateful for it, Lord. So we reach up to you. We, th we acknowledge you as being the solid rock that all other ground sinking sand. And so we need you. Okay? Now what I'd like you to do is to stretch your hand forward, just forward. And this is the, the reaching out, okay? This is the reaching out. Just think about, you know, your life. Where can you be missional? We're saved from something for something. Most of us get stuck that we're saved from. But a lot of us need to pursue what we're saved for. Just what Kurt, Heather talked about. What are we saved for? I'm in the body. What for? And it's really important to, to recognize. Like, we're missional people. or a family on mission, as Aaron says. So we need to reach out. How do we do that? How do we do it in Kroger? How do we do it at gas stations? How do we do it? The other day I was driving down the road and there was a guy walking. I felt like the Lord told me to pick him up. He gets in the car, tells me he's been in prison for 20 years. Awesome. <laughs> so anyway, reaching, reaching out. Reaching out. Okay. And then with both hands, kind of do a hug. You know, don't hug yourself. Pull away. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. I just spoke about herself. So touch yourself. Hug in. That's a good one. And then just move your arms just a little bit out. It takes action to reach. It takes action. In this, in this church, you know, if you're not in relationships, you know, reach, 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 reach in. Take the initiative. Take the initiative to talk to somebody you don't know. Take, you heard today uh, in worship, hey, man, we're really needing more musicians and stuff like that. We'd love to have musicians and artists. And I have a song that I sing when I come in here. Lord, bring all the prancers and the dancers, the twirlers and the singers. Bring me all the workers, the prophets, evangelists, speakers, and teachers. Bring them all, Lord. Bring them here. Isn't that a good song? So that's everybody. It's twirlers and dancers and painters and singers and teachers, children's workers. Bring them here, Lord. Bring them here, Lord. Okay? Now, if you need peace today, just raise your hand. Just say, I, I need peace. Raise, raise your hands up. Okay? What we're going to do right now, I'm going to pray. And I want the ones that have their hands up. I want you to keep them up. And then we're going to, we're going to sh close the meeting. And I'm going to ask you, as you're walking out today, to walk to someone. Take the initiative. And what I'd like you to do, I did this yesterday for th three people. I said, I have a gift for you today. Lady at the step with her, her son that got healed from the finger. I have a gift for you today. Would you like to receive it? Yes. Grabbed her hand. Said, hold my hand. I said, I give you peace. You know what happened? She started crying because she's receiving peace. So that's what I want you to do. So everybody keep your hands up that need peace. So Father, we bless you today. We thank you that you are God that is triune, that you are Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And your word says you created us in your image, that we are body, soul, and spirit. And so, Father, help us. Help us to do the things we need to do to attempt to live a balanced life. Father, it's sometimes impossible. We're so busy. But we ask you, Lord, to speak to us which area we need to do, Lord, to reach up, to reach in, or to reach out. In Jesus' name, amen. Keep your hands up as you're going out. Grab somebody and pray for them. God bless you guys. Thanks. Thanks.